Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes online at podcast.swe.org or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Hola, I'm Langley Perez, and welcome to Un Cafecito with a Woman in STEM, a special sub-series of Diverse, a Sweet Podcast. I'm the Hispanic Heritage Month lead for the Society of Women Engineers, Latinos Affinity Group. And today I'm excited to be joined by a very special guest, Dr. Justina Sanchez, quality engineer at Tube Suit. She's an incredible leader, mentor, engineer, author, and powerhouse. And I'm so excited to have her with us today in this special episode as we honor Hispanics in STEM. Justina, Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. I love this podcast, so it's it's truly an honor. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost like a dream come true, right? <laughs> uh, right? Like a pinch me moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's kick things off by taking you back in time as you started your journey into STEM. We're excited to hear how did you first become interested in this career path? What was that experience like? So growing up, I didn't have a lot of understanding of what STEM or engineering was. It wasn't a part of something that I was introduced to. or And so it really wasn't until my early 20s, actually, that mm. I found out about this whole world of engineering that I did not know exists. It was my first job, kind of a corporate job, and I was the admin support for a product safety division and for all of these engineers that were doing really amazing things and changing the way that our society works. But mm -hmm. I had no idea prior to taking on that role, really the inside look of what an engineer does and this whole amazing world of STEM that I walked into. <laughs> Yeah, so so you may think that it's a little bit of a late bloom, but at the same time, it just works, you know, life works in very unique ways. And I'm so happy to hear that your journey came as you enter this corporate world and you were exposed to some incredible engineers. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I had the opportunity to be an admin for the engineers, and I was actually working there as their support for two years before I decided that the engineers had a really cool job, and I was sitting at my computer all day. I would see them in the lab doing hands-on projects, and you know, the lab is a fun environment, and there's always exciting and new, different things going on every day. And so that's where I wanted to be a part of. So I, I walked into my off, my boss's office one day and had this brief but life-changing conversation with him. I asked him, what do I need to do to be an engineer? And he's like, well, you need to have an engineering degree if you want to be promoted. You need to have that experience and that background to be considered for the role. So I Googled schools and I landed upon a technical school and I got a degree in computer and electronic engineering. And he was true to his word. He, upon graduation, put me in my first like junior engineering role in the lab. I love that. And I think this is a great segue to my next question, because one of the biggest 
things that people ask me when we talk about career path is how did you get to be, you know, XYZ, that higher position or whatever position that specific individual desires. And I'm a firm believer that inspiration can lead the way. In your case, you were inspired by seeing those engineers in the lab having fun. So can you tell us in your role as a product safety engineer and your work in quality specifically, what was that path like? And can you share a glimpse of your day-to-day, -day, what your day-to-day -day looks like? Sure. So upon graduation, the first role that I was able to take on was a product safety test technician in which I was responsible for running our lab. I was responsible for all of the test equipment and maintaining its calibration, um, maintaining the accreditation requirements from external accreditors. And then I also did all of the electrical safety testing for all the projects that the engineers handled. So everything that had to come through the lab needed to be safety tested and I was the one that got to do all of that. So I got a ton of experience and I did that for five years and then decided I was ready for more. And I was actually offered a role in another division. And when I talked to my management about taking that on, they counter offered with a promotion in my division. So I took the role, I was loyal to my team and. Mm -hmm. took the role as a product safety engineer, where now I handled full product evaluations. So when a manufacturer has a device or a product that they want to sell to the market for consumers to use, it has to be safety tested and approved before anybody can use it. We need to make sure that what the manufacturer's designed is safe. So that's what our company does. And so now I was responsible for handling all of these full evaluations on different like medical devices on spas, on soldering irons from medical device sterilizers and hair straighteners and, you know, all kinds of a, a wide variety of products because I was constantly wanting to learn and grow in the different areas of expertise within product safety. So that yeah. was, it was really a great experience. And I did that for six years after the technician role. So initially like responsible for just the testing and then maintaining the lab. And then in the product safety engineer role was responsible for full evaluations beginning to end. And then a couple of years ago, I was uh, given the opportunity to join the quality team at our company. And what that is now, like my role is I go and audit all of our labs across North America, just like the one I worked in. So we have a lot of labs throughout North America that I get to go audit. And so now I get to use all of those skills I learned within the product safety engineer and product safety test technician role. I get to put that to use by doing these audits and getting hands-on with the guys in the lab and witnessing the tests they're demonstrating, reviewing their reports. I really had no idea at the time when you're doing these roles and sometimes they seem so tedious and so uh, like, I wasn't sure how long I could do this or why I was doing it. And now I see. I used all of that experience for this role, which I love and I'm so grateful I get to do. Oh, that's amazing, right? What a what a turn of the of events. And I appreciate you being honest and sharing how sometimes you were thinking to yourself, this is starting to get a little tedious. What am I doing here? But just sticking to it and knowing that there's another opportunity and another door that's gonna open for you. And I must confess, as someone that follows you on social media, I get to see you traveling around the North American continent and just doing your work and enjoying what you do. And, and I really love that. Now, one of the things that we know 
in general in STEM and more specifically in engineering, it is a male dominated field. So when you were at your company right at the beginning, did you have any representation of other women in STEM or other Latinas in STEM around you that you saw as role models to help you build your career? What was your specific experience like? So you're right. It is a very predominantly male-driven field. <laughs> I think that we've seen that slowly start to change over the years. But early on, when I when I first started in this STEM journey, uh, there were not many women at all. And I had one female who was from China who was kind of a, a mentor to me as I was developing and growing in my career early on. And she really took me under her wing and showed me the rope. I think for several years, her and I were the only female engineers uh, within the division. And really, at any, I couldn't really see in the, the role that I was in any other female engineers, meaning I didn't interact with any. any everybody I interacted was with in, in male, whatever, whatever division we were in. And so I just, her and I really, I felt comfortable going to her because it, it is, some days are very challenging. You know, there's no mm -hmm. question. And some of the standards that we need to interpret and understand can be very difficult. So she would take the time, never made me feel dumb, just really took me under her wing and explained things. She would practically show them like, this is what the circuit diagram looks like in the book. This is the schematic, but I'm going to show you on a product. So this is this, this is this. So sometimes she would hand, hold my hand during those evaluations because some of the things we do were very dangerous right? Like it's to, to have a fire in the lab was not uncommon. You know, it's called the safety lab, but sometimes it can be a dangerous place because we're pushing products to their limits. And she knew this. And so she really took me under her wing. And to this day, she's still an engineer there. And she's still somebody I would consider a mentoring and feel very comfortable going to with any kind of a technical question. But that was it. No, uh, honestly, no Latinas ever that I would see. Wow. That, that's incredible uh, that you were, you know, as you mentioned, you in a way were able to find someone that at least was able to guide you and, and make you feel comfortable. Because I think sometimes if you are the only woman in a team, uh, we may get a little bit hesitant on asking for guidance or asking for support just because of that comfort level that, you know, we just need to build up some courage really mm -hmm. i feel that there's some courage that has to come in uh when you find yourself to be either the only one or one of the two <laughs> in your case so that, thank you for sharing sharing that experience and hopefully other women who have other females in their team or female identified individuals in their team are able to also create that mentorship connection that you had with with this woman yeah, and I, I do want to say that oftentimes, you know, when we would be sitting in meetings and questions are asked, I would know the answer, but I would be hesitant to raise my hand, almost mm. like I wasn't giving myself enough credit that I knew the answer, right? And so as I've learned and grown um, as a person, I've really realized not to sell myself short, not to discount myself. And if I uh, want to share the answer, oftentimes a man is, is quick to raise his hand, right? Whether he knows the answer or not. He's not embarrassed or shy or doesn't hold back, you know, they'll yell out the answer. Whereas females, we tend to hold back in that. And so I really learned, I had a mentor tell me one time, 
to not not hold back. If you don't, if you know the answer, go ahead and speak up. And even if you don't, that's okay. Put yourself out there and the right answer will come along because I guarantee if I didn't know it, other people don't know it, right? And so I really tried to keep that uh, mindset of I I don't need to hold back or be reserved. I can also be present and be engaged and be a part of this just as much as anybody else. Oh, that's such a great takeaway and such an amazing lesson for our listeners here. So, you know, your passion for supporting others is such a big driver in your life. And to the point that you actually created a women's network at your company, Tubsud. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear more about that. Like, can you share about its purpose and what the initiative actually offers? Yep. So a few years back, I was given the opportunity to be in a mentorship program. I actually thought upon applying when it was offered to me that I was going to be the mentor. It wasn't until I was selected that I found out I was the mentee and my mentor was a CEO of a Central and Eastern European division of our company. And so it was this incredible opportunity. And he was actually the mentor I was speaking of that told me, you have a lot of potential. Don't hold yourself back. Like you're your biggest hindrance, right? And mm -hmm. so I learned so much out of that and I felt it to be so valuable. But I only got the opportunity because they had heard me speak on a women in STEM platform that our company had done. And so they reached out to me individually. But I thought, if I didn't know about this and you didn't reach out to me, how many of the other women throughout our country wouldn't know about this? So I just thought, you know, I was given this great opportunity from the International Women's Network, which is what it was. It was based out of Munich. And they just mm -hmm. reached out and asked me. And I thought, what if we start a U.S. form of this, like for the Americas? And not only U.S., it, it actually encompasses Canada, USA, Mexico, and Brazil. So it's all of North America. And I went to a vice president and I approached her with the idea. And she was thrilled to support something like this. It's one of those initiatives. I have no idea how to do it. I have no idea where to start. But I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. And with her support, uh, we rolled out a women's network throughout North America. So now we do have over 100 ladies, 15 different offices. Like I said, Canada, US, Mexico, and Brazil. We've translated a lot of the material into Portuguese or Spanish so that everybody can get value out of it and feel a part of it and be connected. That's just incredible. And I'm so excited because for anyone listening here, if they're thinking, oh my God, I need this in my company. I would like to start a similar women's network. What advice will you give them? What will be kind of like, how do you even get started? Because the, the idea is in your head, but then you're like, I don't even know where to start. Right. Yeah, my, my advice to them is to walk it out, reach out to somebody who's a part of your executive team. That's what I, I, that's the first step that I took. And it was a right first step. It was successful because I knew that they had the ear of the higher ups. They had the ear of the CEO. They were present in rooms and could have a perspective in the way our business worked and functioned that I didn't have as an engineer working in the lab. So when I reached out to her, it was a female and uh, she was, you know, like I said, more than happy to support this initiative. 
And she would even give me advice from her perspective, like, hey, you should reach out to this person. And then she would connect me with someone who she felt would be a good fit in helping me develop the next step of this women's network. So it took a lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of months, because I was doing this in addition to being an engineer. You know, this was just a side project. It wasn't mm-hmm. even really, it wasn't a part of my daily responsibility and roles. It was just something I had a passion for. And at the time, I was just at the last few months of my year-long mentorship. So I also leaned on my mentor for Mm. a lot of guidance in that. You know, when it came time to doing a presentation for the CEO and why I felt this would be a value to the company and I'm requesting a budget and all of that, you know, like he, he was really valuable for me at that time. So reach out to somebody who's in an executive role and then seek the guidance of a mentor if you have a mentor or sponsor that you have relationship with. Wow, that's that's amazing that as you mentioned, this is not something that happens overnight. It takes work. And as you said, this was not your full-time job. This was something that you were really (laughs) truly passionate about, but the work paid off. And now as you mentioned, have over 100 women in 15 different locations within your organization that can feel that support, that can see the representation that will be able to build that network that they wouldn't have the same access before without this initiative. So I think that's just incredible. Yeah, we really, the idea and the heart behind it was to make it something of valuable for the company itself, but for each individual woman who was a part of it. You know, we wanted there to be professional development workshops. We have quarterly book clubs. We have lunch and learns in person. You know, we have just uh, opportunity this year, we gave away scholarships. You know, it's just, it's it's, Mm -hmm. as the years go by, it's growing and developing into something really um, special. And the relationships that we've made and the learning and the growth and the development professionally and personally that comes out of this has been priceless. Wow, yeah. That's so exciting. And this has been such a fun conversation. But now we're getting to what I've been wanting to talk to you. Really, I've enjoyed you sharing your journey and your wisdom. But there's something amazing that you did this year. And I was able to be a part of it. And I'm really proud for what happened. And this is the book. So you recently published the book, Extraordinary Engineers, Female Engineers of This Day and Time, Volume 1. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It actually became an instant bestseller, which is really exciting. And I'm sure you had to put a lot of work behind it as well. (laughs) But tell us a little bit, what sparked your idea to write this book or behind this amazing project? Yeah, there's, you know, there's so many incredible women. I've been in the STEM industry now and in this career for the last 18 years. And I really have seen and worked with some incredible different like nonprofits and organizations that just have such a great, they have such a great support and initiative. And I have learned so much from the women in there. It was when I did a STEM summit, I had the opportunity to speak the STEM summit hosted by STEM Gems. And they were, they brought on different female scientists, technologists, engineers, and mathematicians. And I was one of the engineers. And let me tell you, I was so inspired by the other women that were speaking. It was literally that event that I felt spoke to me and was like, these women are changing the world around us. 
I cannot believe the things that they get to do firsthand that impact society that are changing like they're trailblazers. It was incredible. And so after speaking there, I was shortly after was running on the treadmill and I just thought I had the thought, why don't I capture these stories? There's so many incredible women out there that inspire me. Like I know there's other people that would be inspired by them. And so that's where the, the idea came from. And after sitting on that and again, just like thinking, how am I going to, how do you do that? How do you, how do you write a book? I don't know. I haven't done this before, but you know what? It's possible. So that's where the idea for the book really came from is just partnering with organizations and meeting really incredible women like yourself. Like I just get so inspired by others. They tend to pull out the best in us. And I really wanted to share that. That That's incredible. And I love that you said you were on a treadmill where this idea came up. You, you never know when um, <laughs> ideas are going to come, but some people say just singing in the shower, all of, all of this, and you get this idea as well. So mm -hmm. um, I love that. How do you hope the stories in this book, because you have incredible stories, as you mentioned in there, you were capturing the stories of a diverse group of women, of a Latinas in there, but other backgrounds as well from Asian Americans and, you know, women of color. How do you hope the stories in the book will impact aspiring engineers and women in STEM? My hope is that the reader will perhaps see themselves in one of the stories, something that they can relate to, whether it be one of the challenges or successes that one of the females in the book have walked through, or whether it be some of the pictures that are shared in there of them and their work atmosphere. I hope that they can see themselves in there. I hope that this book maybe provides clarity for the students who are like, I'm interested in engineering, but I have no idea what field to, to go into. What does it look like firsthand to be a, an engineer with a background in chemistry? What does it look like to be a mechanical engineer? What does it look like practically to be an electrical engineer? What are your roles and responsibilities? I wanted to be able to give our next generation something that they could use as a resource guidance and inspiration and share what these incredible women are doing. So I really hope that people are impacted, their lives are changed, maybe solidified decisions or questions they may have about engineering. So that's that's the, the hope behind it. I, I love it. Yeah, get that clarity, get that representation, get something, you know, physical in your hands where you can say, if they can do it, I can do it, or just open up the curiosity of, what it may look like for for their own journey as as we know our journeys are unique so is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up this episode and you know we can sit here and talk for hours but we do have a limited time and we also are very conscious of our audience limited time so is there anything else you would like to share i just want to share with our audience that if there is any if you're thinking about going into career in engineering, some of the best tools are found in resources like Sweet. Some of the best support, get in community with people who are going the same direction that you want to go. Because when you come up against any kind of a difficulty, you can lean on them. You can look to them for guidance. You can They can give you some, share their experiences with you. Perhaps they can connect you with a network opportunity or I found my mentee through SWE, you know, and she's, I've been mentoring her for several years. So I do want to mention that if you're curious about it to continue to, to submerge yourself in community, 
in the direction you're going. And then also I am uh, currently working on volume two, just kicked off the process for volume two. So we are going to start that and be on the lookout for that. You can find volume one on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or on my website, Extraordinary Engineers. Um, but that's all that I have. It's been a pleasure. Oh, what an incredible journey. And I cannot wait for volume two as well. Well, thank you so much to Justina for sharing your stories and wisdom on the show today. It has really been an inspiration and joy to share this conversation with you, the audience. Before we go, I want to mention that SWE has a members-only Latinos affinity group for those who identify as Latino, We are um, who are Hispanic or Latin American heritage, or who are allies of this community. So you can go to affinitygroups.sweet.org to get involved and learn about some of our programming and initiatives, including the upcoming book club where we'll be discussing the stories from Extraordinary Engineers book. You can also find more about the Affinity Group on Instagram at Sui Latinos AG or in our Facebook and LinkedIn groups where you can connect with your current members. I'm Lenglis Perez and from all of us at Sui, gracias for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your social network. You can visit swe.org to learn more about how the Society of Women Engineers empowers women to achieve their full potential as engineers and leaders.